Well, Reverend J.B., I don't think there's anybody here by accident. Yeah, the, the, the folks have come out to, to hear Reverend J.B. Watkins to, to bring us the word. I don't hear to say much about him. You've, uh, I got it. You've had his, his bio. It's been made available to you. It's back there in the, by the Connections desk, and then there's more information about him in the, in the bulletin. Uh, but he's here from our sister church in Louisiana to, to share the word. And also after this service, he will share more about his faith journey during the Sunday school time. Um, but as we come out, God's people will come out to have great worship for a great God. And we know, JB, that the scripture says that to preach the word in season and out of season. But before JB comes to preach, I'm just going to ask our brother and Pastor Craig to come to say a word or two and to lay down a foundation of prayer for, for Reverend JB. First, I, I really want to say I like the bulletin cover today. What a beautiful bulletin cover. And uh, <clears throat> anyhow, when I think about the, uh, the journey that Faith has been in, uh, in seeking God's next pastor for Faith Christian Fellowship, and how God has led this church in the pastoral search committee, the verse that comes to my mind is Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 11. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, uh, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Uh, and I've seen, I think we have been witnessing God's plans of a hope and a future. Uh, but the verse that follows that is just as important in verse 12. You will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So the God who plans a hope and a future uh, for his people is the same God who responds through the prayers and who works through the prayers, the faithful prayers of, uh, of his people who seek his face and who seek his kingdom. And I believe that God has heard the faithful prayers of this body over the course of over a year. And I believe that God has witnessed and responded to the diligence and the devotion of the pastoral search committee and its leadership of Elder Bill Bowling, of Dr. Emily Sippel, and the team, and the hard work and the diligence that they have been given uh, to help lead this whole process through prayer and fasting. Uh, and I believe that God has been moving in the hearts and the lives of Pastor J.B. and Stephanie, his beloved wife, uh, uh, with their children, uh, Bryant, Sydney, and Langston, uh, in calling them, uh, are pursuing and entertaining this call to Baltimore and to Faith Christian Fellowship. Uh, Pastor J.B., uh, I've gotten to know some, and uh, I just have just a huge respect for him as a brother. Uh, he is an experienced uh, church planter and pastor. Uh, he has been tested and he has been tried in the crucible of urban, multi-ethnic, gospel-declaring, justice-working uh, ministry. And as, I have, as I've gotten to, to know him, I see a man who deeply loves God, who deeply loves God's word, who deeply loves uh, his wife, 
and his children and who deeply loves God's people, the city, and uh, who lives in an incarnational, uh, incarnational ministry lifestyle. Uh, but he's also a man who loves outsiders, people far from God, that they might be drawn near to him into the kingdom. Uh, and as your former pastor, I could not be more delighted in God's movements among his church at Faith Christian Fellowship. I could not be more delighted that God has led this church and the pastoral search committee to choose this candidate to be the next pastor of Faith Christian Fellowship. Uh, pastor JB uh, and the pastoral search committee and God's church here at Faith Christian Fellowship, you have my full support and prayers uh, during this season. So with that, I'd like to welcome Pastor JB to, uh, to bring the word to us today. I, I will have to leave immediately after the service. I won't be able to linger because uh, I've been asked to moderate uh, a congregational meeting at Valley who are seeking to establish the search committee because their pastor has recently announced a resignation. So uh, please pray for me in this, <laughs> this next chapter as well. So Pastor JB, please come. Let me make sure I'm situated. Hey, sounds like you can hear me loud and clear. Amen. Well, let me first of all just say thank you so much uh, to everyone. Uh, it has been a good time for my family and I as we've had a jam-packed schedule. Uh, but uh, the folks that we met and the folks that we've interacted with had made that schedule very easy on us in terms of their hospitality and their kindness and everything. So uh, we are uh, very, very grateful and uh, full, but uh, grateful. You know, we've had a, a lot to eat and, and now we're trying to figure out how we're going to burn this stuff off <laughs> when we get back. But uh, thank you so much for the hospitality. There are many names that I wish I could call uh, but nonetheless, thank you so much. Also, thank you uh, for the prayers, uh, for the prayers for my family and I uh, as we are seeking the Lord's will and his desire uh, for this season of life. And thank you for the prayers for our church, uh, St. Rock in New Orleans. Uh, uh, continue to pray. Continue to pray for us. And uh, you all have been in my prayers as well. Uh, you all have been in my prayers as you all are going through a transition period, and uh, I'm continuing to pray for you all. Amen? Amen? Now, let me say right off the top, uh, whenever I'm a guest preacher, I try uh, to be as respectful as possible, and by respectful, I mean uh, short as I can be. Now, if you tell me to preach, I will preach, but I will still try to be very, very respectful. Um, so that being said, brothers and sisters, let me just give you a little idea, first of all, in terms of where we're going, and then I'll pray, and then we will look uh, to the passage of Scripture. 
my title for this morning uh, is simply Letting Down Our Nets Yet Again. Now, this title will serve primarily as a reminder of the text that we're using for today, but my thought, uh, the thing that I would like for us to ponder, to reflect upon, is how the Lord's presence affects the various spheres of our lives. I was given the freedom to choose uh, what it is I would be preaching upon, and I didn't want to presume or assume that I knew uh, where your hearts were and where your minds were. And so I wanted to give you a little bit of a window into what I am thinking through and what I've been praying for over the last couple of weeks. And this is seeking how God's presence has affected the various areas of my life. Amen? Let me pray, and then we'll look to the Word. Father, in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this time in which we get to spend into your Word. Father, uh, I pray, we pray, that you would give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, Father, soften our hearts to what it is that you would have uh, for us on this morning. Thank you again for your word, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen? Passage I've chosen for this morning comes from Luke's gospel. We'll be in chapter 5, and we'll look at verses 1 through 11. Luke 5. Verses 1 through 11. The word of our Lord reads as follows. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, him being Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and we took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Amen. Letting down our nets yet again. If we 
were to be transparent, and if we were to be honest, and I trust that we would, uh, there are certain folks whose presence in our lives we uh, often welcome. There are certain folks who come around and uh, we are excited or we are grateful for their presence. They, uh, they may be folks who tend to cheer us up. Uh, there are folks who encourage us. There are folks who rightly challenge us. And uh, these folks, uh, their presence are reassuring in our lives. But again, if we are to be open and honest, there are folks that we could probably do without. And uh, yes, I am a pastor. And I do believe the Lord can do anything and all things. But let's also be real. There are certain folks whose presence, again, uh, you, you might have seen some of these folks. You're enjoying your day, you're enjoying your morning, and all of a sudden these folks come in with uh, what I've heard described as a bad spirit, and all of a sudden you get down, and you are like, Lord, have mercy. But we all have that. But how are we affected by the presence of our Lord? Now, there's no one way to answer this, because the truth is, the Lord's presence does a number of things to us, as it did to Simon in this text. So, for example, if we are following along just by way of context, the Lord is somewhat in his earthly, uh, early in his earthly formal ministry. He's already been baptized. He's already uh, gone through his temptation experience, and uh, now he's been consistently engaged in his preaching and healing ministry. And now we find him beginning to recruit and uh, team building mode, so to speak. And he comes upon uh, this lake, and there's somewhat of a chaotic, I, I hesitate to say chaotic, but there's a crowd, a large crowd. And these folks are gathered, and they are ready to hear and eager to hear the word of the Lord preached. And so they're around him and pressing upon him, and uh, the Lord recognizes that he needs uh, teaching space, if you will. And as such, Simon Peter's boat becomes a tool in the hand of the Lord, and he gets on the boat and he tells them to cast out a little bit so that he can have space to preach. And again, just following along in terms of the text, he goes on specifically in verses 4 through 7. He's teaching and, and doing all of these wonderful things. And as a result, uh, after finishing rather, he sends the folks away. And he says to Simon Peter, he says, let's go out. I've used your boat, so to speak, uh, for my particular purposes in preaching. And let's go out and, and fish a little more. And this, I don't want to say exasperates, but this uh, catches Peter in a, uh, or puts him in an interesting mood, so to speak. He says, Lord, uh, we've been toiling all night. We've been fishing and we haven't caught anything. And it seems as though he's, he's disappointed in the day's work. But he says, you know what? At your word, I will do this. 
despite being tired, despite having failed, I will do this. And of course, good things come when you obey the Lord. And so he does it. And obviously, there's a lot of fish that they catch, so much so that they need help bringing it in. And of course, the boats are not able to hold all the fish. They begin to sink. But what goes on, or what we read further, and, and just bear with me as we uh, rehash the text, uh, instead of being overly happy, which I, I'm not assuming that he's not, uh, Peter has a very interesting response to this miracle. He's astonished. It seems as though there's some fear in him as well. And he says, you know what, Lord? I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man. I am not worthy, if you will, to be in your presence. So please depart from me. But yet, the Lord reassures him in verse number 10. He says, don't be afraid. Because instead, I will make you fishers of both men and women. The presence of our Lord and our Savior affects Peter in a very drastic way. Peter is on his job. Peter is doing what he knows to do in terms of fishing. But then the Lord shows up. And all of a sudden, the presence and the actions of Christ Jesus not only affects the crowd, but it affects Peter's occupation, it affects his mood and his spirit, and it affects his future. Now let me pause for a second. I said that there's not necessarily one specific way to answer how it is that we are affected by the presence of the Lord. But let me say, or let me suggest a couple of things. Our Lord is a good Lord. Amen? There is no God. There is no Savior like ours. And when he shows up, something happens, one way or the other. Peter, again, Peter is out doing what he does. And the Lord shows up, and perhaps this is unexpected of Peter. And Peter gets an opportunity to witness the Lord, and I'm assuming that he is hearing the Lord as he teaches, and he is seeing the crowd as they respond to the Lord Jesus. And uh, perhaps he's taken by surprise that his boat becomes the Lord's pulpit, if you will. And all of a sudden, the Lord, uh, for lack of a better phrase, he invades Peter's space. And as he invades Peter's space, there are an amazing things that happen. The Lord will do this for us from time to time. There are times, perhaps, when we least expect the Lord's presence to show up. We're out, we're living, we're working, and all of a sudden, the Lord makes himself known. Maybe it's through a word uh, from a friend or from a neighbor. Maybe the Spirit brings up something in remembrance of you. Uh, of him. But the question becomes, how do we respond? You know, I'm somewhat in a context, and it seems as though that is the case here as well, where we are surrounded by a variety of issues. In our community and in our church, there's 
so much happening. We tend to get a bad rap. Folks tend to think of all the negative things, but nonetheless, there are, there are good things happening as well. But one of the things when we first started our church, we wanted folks to understand that we were coming to plant the church and start the church, not because Jesus was absent in that community. Sure, there, were cri- there was crime and there are drugs and, 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 and all kinds of other issues present, but we wanted to make sure that in our coming, it wasn't that we were introducing, per se, Jesus. Jesus was there. He was there and he was present. And as a result, we showed up. And now, having said that, there are folks who do not know Christ, of course, but it doesn't say or it doesn't mean that our Lord is not present. And it's been amazing to see how the Lord's presence has manifest himself or itself in the presence, not only of our community, but coming right back to the text. Again, how the Lord's presence manifested itself in Peter's occupation. Again, he uses his Peter's boat. This is something that belongs to Peter. This is something that belongs to his, the rest of his crew, James and John, and it becomes a tool in the hand of the Lord. And the question becomes, how is it that our belongings, are they being utilized for the sake of Christ's presence? Is Christ, is your home a place for the Savior? Is the community a place for the Savior's presence? Obviously, there are some issues and complexities when we talk about our work, but nonetheless, is Christ present even in your sphere of work. But not only are we to consider and think about the ways in which Christ's presence is made known, how is it that we respond? Christ shows up, and he challenges us. In this text, Peter himself is not only blessed in terms of the fish, but first he's challenged. I've been fishing. Lord, I've been engaged in work. Lord, I've been doing the things that I know to do, and I've had uh, no success or little success. Lord, I'm tired, and Lord, I'm disappointed. And yet, here you come, challenging me to persevere on. Have you ever been like that? This is not to say the Lord is not mindful of our weariness. This is not to say that the Lord does not invite us to times of rest and relaxation, if you will. But when the Lord asks and requires something of us, he knows what he's doing. And the Lord will challenge us from time to time. His presence, while again it is refreshing in many ways, his presence can also cause us to be uncomfortable at certain points. His presence in many ways, caused Peter in this particular text. Again, he had been preaching, or rather, he had been fishing. He had been doing all of these things in terms of his job and with no success. And yet the Lord says, let's keep at it. And Peter responded in a way that we should respond. Even when we can't see with our own eyes, we must trust our Savior by faith. 
When the Lord tells us, for example, to forgive and we don't want to forgive and we thought we've forgiven and yet folks continue to look at us crazy and treat us wrong. When the Lord calls us to do that, by his grace and by his strength, we should follow. When the Lord tells us to follow him, even though the ways are rough and the ways seem difficult, even though we've tried in the past, when he calls upon it, by his grace and strength, we should try. And this was Peter's response. He was transparent and he was open. Lord, we've been tried. We're tired. Why must we continue to do this? But yet at your word, I will. And of course, as he does, he sees the Lord bless in a major and mighty way. Now, what's interesting, and I don't want to run past this, is that Peter recognizes that being in the presence of the Lord, that he is a sinful man. Where in the world does this come from? He's out fishing, and all of a sudden you got all this, 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 this great catch, and, and now you're talking about the fact that you are sinful. Well, again, the presence of the Lord will reveal a number of things to us. Peter is standing in the presence of holiness and righteousness. He's standing in the presence, obviously, of God himself. And he recognizes that he has fallen very short. But he sees a gracious Lord, or he hears from a gracious Lord. As Christ says to him, do not be afraid. Christ knew that he was sinful. Christ knew that he was broken, if you will. Christ knew that Peter didn't have it all together. And yet, he says, don't be afraid. Because guess what? I have a great calling upon you. I will make you both, or I will make you fishers of men. And of course, that word can be translated men and women. Now, brothers and sisters, as we think through some applicational things, and again, a lot of this is things that I've been thinking through in my own life. How have I been affected by Christ's presence? I know in this particular text, Christ's presence in one form has been a blessing for Peter. He shows up, great catch, a great calling upon his life. And I'm challenged to think about the ways in which the Lord has blessed and provided for me. I confess to my church often the way I have tended to operate what's going on in the community what are the problems in the city what are the issues in this church that that we need to fix if you will that we need to to to, to repair and that we need to see the Lord on and there are many of those things but one of my flaws has been that I often neglect the good that the presence of the Lord has done for us Folks will recognize that God has done X, Y, and Z for us, and, and we'll spend two minutes thanking the Lord for what he has done, and we'll spend the rest of the day. Woe is me, and woe is us. The reality is, brothers and sisters, God's presence has meant wonderful and great things for us. We have life. We have clothing, perhaps, on ourselves. We have a new day. We need not think about the great 
things that, that folks tend to be grateful about. What about the small, so-called small things that the Lord's presence has provided for us? The Lord's presence has meant good for us. And I wish to challenge you as I challenge myself to reflect and to think upon those great and awesome things God has done for us. At the same time, the Lord's presence has been challenging. There are times where I don't want to be a pastor if I'm to be transparent. There are times where it's difficult to, to go out and to preach and to love and to serve and to care and things like that. But yet, this is the Lord's calling upon my life. And I am trusting and I am believing that by His grace and by His strength and by the power of His Spirit, that if I'm willing to cast as He calls me to cast, I will see the fish that He wishes to provide. And so I want to again challenge you brothers and sisters to think and to reflect and you can do this today and you can do this throughout this week but I want you to think upon the ways in which God's presence has entered into your life and what has been the results. Again, what has been the blessings that he has provided? What has been the wonderful things, the wonderful catches that he has placed in your life, but don't be afraid to reflect upon those challenges that his presence presents. It's one thing to be challenged by a man or a woman. It's another thing to be challenged by our great Savior. But I will tell you this, our Lord knows what he is doing. Our Lord is not surprised. He is aware of how frail we can be. He is aware of the difficulties that, that we would rather not engage in. And he knows all of these things. But we have a Savior who promises to be with us. We have a Savior who promises to never leave us nor forsake us. We have a Savior who knows exactly what we are dealing with. We have a Savior who will never ask you to do something that he has not gone through himself. Of course, the cross was for him. That was something we could not do. But when it comes to trials and temptations and, and struggles and, 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 and uh, facing evil and being hated and persecuted, he's been through that. And yet, he has made it through. He has been raised from the grave and he is seated at the right hand of the Father victorious. And that is what is in store for you and I. And this is a result of Christ making himself known, making his presence known in this world and in our lives. And so brothers and sisters, I again, I am thinking and I am reflecting deeply on this. This has been an interesting season in my life and in my family's life and in our church's life. And I'm asking God, where are you? What are you saying? What is your presence and what is your spirit doing? What effect is it to have upon my life? And brothers and sisters, I know that he is present, not just in St. Rock, not just in New Orleans, he is present here. And brothers and sisters, again, it is a good thing that he is present. But it will also be a challenging thing from time to time. 
But regardless of whether it's good, regardless of whether it's challenging, know that we have a Savior who knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's calling us to do. And brothers and sisters, if we are willing to follow as Peter did, we will see great and wonderful things. So brothers and sisters, let us reflect again upon the presence of our Savior and what that has meant for all the spheres of our lives. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you so much. Uh, just for your grace and for your mercy. And Father, I thank you for faith. And I thank you, Lord, for how they have been kind and hospitable to my family. And, and Father, I thank you for their willingness to even have me in the pulpit even while not necessarily being fully aware of all that they're dealing with and going through, uh, yet I'm invited to share the word and give a glimpse as to what's going on in my own heart and the things I'm reflecting upon. And Father, I pray that there has been something that has been said that someone here will be able to chew upon. Lord, your spirit is strong. And Father, we pray that you will take what has been communicated and that you will use it in a way that you see fit. There are a variety of faces, a variety of life circumstances, and yet we are grateful to know that your spirit is able to meet every need wherever we may be, no matter how different or even how similar. And so, Father, may your word go forth in our hearts and in our minds. And if there is something that your spirit chooses to reveal that we have not even reflected upon, as there are many other things that could have been said about this text, may your spirit reveal that as well. We thank you for the presence that you have promised us in your spirit. We thank you for how we have been blessed with salvation and grace and mercy and, uh, of course, material things you've provided for us. We also even thank you for the the, the challenges that your, your spirit occasions in our life, for you know what it is we need. We thank you for these things. May we follow you as you seek to lead us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. Follow me and I'll make you fishes of men. You know, men and women, you fo follow me is, is where that begins, you know, and I guess the, the simplest question is, is not just, do you know the presence of the Lord? Are you experiencing the presence of the Lord? The first question is, are you following, have you decided to follow Jesus Christ? That's where it begins, that we have his presence in our lives. So, uh, if, if you had never made a commitment to Christ, this would be a great time to think about that. What does it mean to follow Jesus? He's going to, he will make you, he'll make you what he intended for you to be all along. If you're thinking about that, the prayer room is, uh, as soon as the benediction, you can go to the prayer room, and, 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 and some people will be there to say more about that for you. Let's stand and sing our, our, our closing song, in Jesus' name.